everything that we consume today has water in it. So for example, um, a pair of jeans that you're wearing actually has you consumed 2000 liters of water to manufacture. So just understanding our patterns as a consumer itself is something that we want to powerfully bring out and help, you know, grow that next generation of conscious citizens. Welcome to the season 6 of Outliers. I'm your host Pankaj Mishra and I'm really thrilled to be bringing this edition of Outliers in collaboration with the Times of India. Outliers is a series of freewheeling conversations with the ones who choose to take the road not taken often. It's about the crazy and the curious, those who dare to stand out and stand alone. Keep listening. thrilled uh, to be sitting down with a young outlier again uh, this time in this episode and uh, i am with gavita gulati who is a young change maker uh, and and someone who started uh, and uh, you know a movement an organization when she was uh, only 15 called why waste and the 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 issue is so important for all of us Uh, it it all depends on how much of attention we are giving to it or, or you know the, the the sense of urgency that we are bringing into this uh, about the water wastage so garvita welcome to this uh, conversation thank you thank you so much pankaj for having me and i'm excited to hear that i'm yet another young person just means there are more people like you know as who are breaking barriers so that was fun to hear <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean in this you know series of conversations i have been having we are now close to 150 guests uh, and uh, i i have been very fortunate to to meet and have these conversations with some very young people uh, you know some some of the teenagers or even younger in fact at different times and it's been real privilege okay so let us start from the start take us through growing up as you remember and tell us a little about things that shaped who you became uh, and then we can get into what you actually uh, you know started building yeah absolutely um so uh, i think pankaj uh, you know i've grown up loving nature because my family uh, loves to travel and we would go to a lot of places that were amidst nature and so i've learned not learned rather but just always loved you know spending time with nature uh, being one in it i i my most distinct and uh, joyous memories of my childhood would probably be climbing trees all of the time so i was very attached to the environment and uh, you know apart from that there were a lot of you know habits that my mother had you know inculcated and ensured that we followed from a very young age so simple things like always finishing the food on your plate or you know um not uh, you know littering around were things that that you know were a part of the way we grew up 
uh, I remember once uh, we were going in a car and, and someone we were sitting with uh, threw a packet of plastic outside and my brother literally stopped them and got them to get out of the car <laughs> and, uh, you know, go and uh, pick up that piece of plastic and bring it back into the car. So that's, <laughs> that's, the, that's the mindset with which uh, we've both grown up. And, uh, you know, apart from that, things simple things like uh, we've celebrated more birthdays at orphanages than actually, you know, having a party. We've spent it with the, with young girls and boys who, um, you know, were, were full of, uh, I think, love and energy and, and would just radiate that every time we would meet them. So I think there was a lot of power in all of these experiences um, in helping or rather um, carving me to be able to empathize with the people in the planet around me. Um, and so, yeah, that that's what I remember growing up. And one of my most um, fond uh, sort of memories as an activist when I was much younger, uh, I would probably be somewhat, somewhere around 11, 12 years old. And uh, so, you know, we burst a lot of crackers during the valley, right? And yes. not only does it affect animals or, you know, older people, it affects the environment terribly. So all of 11, 12, I one day decided that I'm going to stop bursting crackers as much as I loved doing it. And um, why during, you know, the Diwali celebrations, when my entire family would be downstairs celebrating, I would sit alone at home. And that was sort of my own form of silent protest saying that this is something that I'm not going to do uh, you know whether you choose to do it or not um, and you know um, slowly over five years I finally convinced the most unconvincible people in the family to stop bursting crackers <laughs> and so I think uh, you know that's one of my fondest memories of and and just some of the things as I grew up um, being and learning to be a change maker. Yeah, that, that, that's really nice to hear, Garvita. And and it's really fascinating how some of these things shape who we become. Uh, how did why waste happen? And, uh, you know, take me through the events leading to it. Uh, why did you care? I mean, I can now understand you are close to nature and, and I, I can pick what you're talking about. But uh, how did it happen? Why did you think it should become an organization, movement, uh, can you take me through the events leading up to that? Yeah. Um, so in the year 2015, um, India faced one of its worst water crises. And I, I know there had been, you know, situations where we had been in such a situation before as well. But it was 2015 was when I was able to understand things around me better. And of course, know that, that this there was something like this happening. And I was reading about, you know, farmers taking their lives due to the lack of access to water and women and children walking miles just to get, you know, a glass of water that we got without even moving a finger. And, and all of this um, really shook me, uh, but, and, and I wanted to do something, but I had no idea where to start. Um, and that's when during a presentation on World Environment Day in my school, um, my uh, my environmental education teacher uh, was talking about, you know, some of the most grave problems on the planet but one of the slides on one of her slides she showed us that 14 million liters of water gets wasted every year simply in the water that we leave behind in glasses at restaurants and that was to me a trigger 
because I realized that and I you know over the week after that when you know I visited restaurants with my families and friends I started to see it you know that we were actually leaving behind that water and it was actually getting wasted and and no one no one sort of notices it or cares because they think it's just a few sips but you don't realize that it's amounting to so much and and then I began to realize that this is just one of those many ways in life in which we waste water without realizing it. So, so you know, using that as my trigger, I decided, you know, it, it was, it. so that became my trigger and, and I, I, you know, decided I wanted to do something. So I started visiting restaurants, trying to convince them to, you know, um, adopt different methods to conserve water. I would tell them things like, why don't you keep a jug on the table? Why don't you ask customers before you serve water? But, you know, none of these really worked because, um, I realized much later that this industry, uh, it was important for me to empathize with the way that this industry functioned before actually giving them solutions, right? Because the restaurant industry is the hospitality industry and you need to be, you know, and, and serving water constantly is and having glasses uh, filled to the brim is one of, you know, their grading policies. And so I I really had to go in depth, one, to learn about this, and second, to realize that this is what I needed to change to bring about the change that I wanted to see, which was people not leaving water in their glasses anymore. So um, while the first six months were extremely hard because I got turned down by pretty much every restaurant that I visited, Mm -hmm. um, and if, you know, managers even gave, gave an year, then they unfortunately could not comply or they couldn't really, um, they, as much as they would empathize saying that, yes, we understand, but this is something we can't do because, you know, it's it's a policy and it comes from above and et cetera, et cetera. So it really became sort of an impossible task to convince these restaurants. So, um, and I was pretty disheartened, you know, after six months, four 15-year-olds trying to uh, every weekend and whatever free time I got, I would visit restaurants you know, grab some friends along with me and go on some days. And, uh, and at the same time, I was in high school. And that's, you know, when most teenage kids um, in India are preparing for their entrance exams and, and, you know, need to focus on their studies. So that was, you know, another thing going where everyone was like, you need to, um, you know, uh, not waste time uh, doing things like this, you need to sort of uh, get get to, you know, focusing on the things that are important. I was, and I would say this is what is important, you know, uh, this is what is important for the world. Why can't, and, and you need to see that too. Um, so I actually went back to that same environmental education teacher when, when once, you know, I was super disheartened. And, and she told me that, you know what, Garvita, just put your head together and um, think of a solution in which, in which, you know, it makes sense for everyone um, where all parties are sort of ready to comply. And that's when I came up with the idea of glass half full, where you fill your glass only half instead of, instead of filling it full. That way you take only as much as you need. You don't waste. It strikes a cust- it strikes a conversation between the customer and the waiters. And in that sense, we sort of are able to tell, you know, the customer stories like, if you save half a glass of water today, there's someone out there who might not have access to it, actually get access to this water. And in a more holistic sense, it is trying to look at the problem more optimistically, looking mm-hmm. at the glass half full, right? Um, and 
what was the most astonishing reaction uh, for me to this entire campaign really was uh, when people said that we're not saving water only in restaurants now, we're actually going back and implementing this at home mm-hmm. because it made us see the problem from a whole new perspective and a whole new lens. And we've started to think of water in a more positive sense. So, uh, you know, that's that's sort of how Why Waste was born. And um, the idea of glass half full was born. Um, and, and it started out with just a few, you know, um, it, in, in a year, I was able to get to just about 30 restaurants in my locality in Bangalore. And I realized, you know, we need to uh, pump this up. We need to get to more and more restaurants across the country. And um, that's when I uh, wrote a petition on change.org. Mm-hmm. And it was addressed to the National Restaurants Association of India. So I used to be a huge follower of uh, change and, you know, all of the petitions that would come because I always found them so powerful and impactful. And one day in my email, I got this um, notification for an application for a fellowship mm-hmm. uh, uh, called the She Creates Change Fellowship by change.org and um, went ahead, applied. And when, when I uh, finally got through after a bunch of, interview rounds I found out that I was the absolute youngest person there by like six years (laughs) (laughs) and there were folks who were almost 60 as well so um, that was again a moving experience but but more than that um, it was finding that uh, that a petition could be a it could be a humongous way to sort of mobilize people and get this to a lot more people much more quickly Um, And so I wrote a petition to the National Restaurants Association of India, uh, took almost a year trying to even get a conversation with them. I wrote them several mails, made several calls, tried to reach them through every avenue I could find. Uh, Finally, one of them clicked almost after an entire year. When I got the call with them, it was a day before one of my semester final exams. Uh, Took it anyways, because I was like, I've been trying to get this for more than a year, I need to do it. And, uh, you know, um, uh, about, uh, 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 you know, three months from then, uh, World Water Day 2019, we launched a nationwide campaign with the National Restaurants Association of India. And it took a lot of convincing to get them on board because one, of course, you know, um, young people reaching out is always sort of, a shocker and back then it was even more you know uh there was it was before the whole uh climate strike movement had started and uh for them to you know trust someone who's young or a team of young people and to know that these guys have that conviction to go through with this see this through was was it was interesting to convince them um and and yeah finally 2019 march we launched the campaign with them and we were able to reach the five lakh restaurants that they represent wow (laughs) that's quite a journey Uh, so how was it uh, you know growing this uh, movement itself Garvita Uh, where where are you now and uh, how far have you come with this that's a very you know interesting but sort of also open-ended question (laughs) (laughs) So I think um, we we took, you know, from there, we took glass half full to more and more countries. Um, and and so, uh, but unfortunately, when the pandemic hit, um, we sort of had to pause the movement because uh, restaurants shut down. And um, 
and and as much as you know uh today we see them reviving we see them reviving the movement as well um which is so much so so much fun to see um once the pandemic hit we sort of had to pivot and um we started off with doing a series of uh you know uh conversations called hope schooling where we would get mm-hmm. really inspirational um environmental activists mental health activists um you know gender equality activists and really talk about the intersectionality of all of these problems and and sort of how climate plays into everything um and so had a series of very very enlightening conversations then and from there uh you know we ended up realizing that this is now time to create these two things that we've always wanted to um so the first thing is a book Mm-hmm. that we had been working on um for a couple of years uh in the sense that you know the stories were written we were not yet publishing them uh so the book is called the sustainability stories and these are a collection of 13 what i like to call new age fables um which talk about the talk about environmental issues in a very simple and subtle manner and all of the characters are you know so your animal characters very typical fables but um the you know sort of the magic in all of these stories is at the end of them the problem is always solved by the young person so nice. it's an inspiration to the younger generation to be the change that they wish to see and this is very much inspired from you know my life where i spoke about all of the empathy that i was gathering growing up and i realized if we tell these stories to the youngsters you know kids from grades 1 to 5 today they're going to be you know growing up with those mindsets and so it's so important for them to know that um there are these small problems but they can be the ones to solve them because all of them need uh you know um someone like us to uh come on board and and sort of um revolutionize change and uh, the second thing was building an app so uh and and it was that is really conceptualized around the understanding of what is a water footprint now uh before i actually get into the app i want to share a story mm-hmm. um sure. in the year 2017 uh we heard that the city of cape town was going to run out of water yes and uh you know i think it was towards the end of june they said it's going to be day 0 and then it became july and august and september and before we knew it day 0 didn't exist and what a lot of people didn't know is what actually happened for it to not exist anymore it was it was really the collective <clears throat> sorry sort of you know um responsibility of all of the citizens and the collective their collective action of coming together realizing and calculating the quantity of water they were consuming every day and rationalize rational rationing that on the consequent days to ensure that everyone has equitable access to water and it was such a powerful movement taken up by the citizens that really turned the city around and so the app has been inspired by this very concept where um and i live in bangalore which was said to be the next city in the world to run out of water yes. after cape town and so so it moved me even more because it was like being at the core of the crisis um and and so i wanted to do something about that and that that's when the idea of water footprint came up you know what if like we calculate 
our carbon footprint, like we, you know, measure our body weight? What if we also knew what our water footprint was? What was our impact on the planet when it came to water consumption on a daily basis? Would that help change mindsets towards consuming water? And it did. Um, so we started off with, you know, getting people to. So what the app typically does is it helps you calculate your water footprint. And then it teaches you very simple ways in which you can conserve water every day to save at least 100 liters of water every single day. So that's sort of the birth of you know, the app and, and now we're, you know, creating more interesting and exciting features and, and sort of building it out um, to, to make it more user friendly and, and help people, you know, um, relate to it more, understand their water consumption better, tell them that, you know, this is the amount, amount of water you're using, which is consumed by, um, you know, someone in a village for, let's say, an entire week, which you're consuming within a day. Um, so, so, you know, these are sort of the ideas that we try to bring and really help people realize their water consumption and how they can possibly reduce it. Um, and so, like, coming back to your initial question, what have we been up to nowadays and, mm-hmm. and sort of where we're going, I think we're going towards the idea of every person understanding that they can be a part of the solution when it comes to the water crisis and that they need to be a part of the solution when it comes to the water crisis because, you know, it has been predicted so many times that the third world war is going to be the water wars. And till the time we don't realize our water consumption and start, you know, using just as much as we need, we're going to be left without any water at all. And doing it collectively is going to be more powerful and impactful than, you know, having individual, while individual initiatives springing up are powerful, it is at the end of the day going to be the need of of the entire society to come together to make this change. And we saw that happening in Cape Town and we saw how positive it was and how impactful it was. So that is where we're going um, to build this idea and tell people that each of us need to know what our water footprint is. And the sort of the second idea that we would carry with that is that um, everything that we consume today has water in it. So for example, um, a pair of jeans that you're wearing actually has you consumed 2000 liters of water to manufacture. So just understanding our patterns as a consumer itself is something that we want to powerfully bring out and help, you know, grow that next generation of conscious citizens. Wow. <laughs> That's beautiful. Uh, that's really nice. So, so Garvita, you know, an idea is born. Uh, it, uh, it, it, it tackles a problem or at least attempts to tackle the problem. Uh, it is a likable idea. Uh, you are 15, now you're 21. What have you learned in, in, in this period? And, and what does it mean in terms of shaping the future of this movement? And I'm asking that question because... You know, like every new company or every new idea uh, has to cross this uh, valley of death, you know, where your convictions are challenged and and, and the mission uh, faces litmus tests. Perhaps the pandemic was one of them uh, in that sense, right? Uh, What has worked? What has not worked? What will it take to, you know, go forward uh, with this idea where you are? What does it mean to you? And, And why would you stay with it? 
that's so many powerful questions okay um, <laughs> i'm going to try and answer all of them um and and if i waver please uh please uh, hop in and and get me back on track because sure, no, please carry on. i tend to you know fall in love with the problem and the solution uh but but you know i think what you're saying is very true that every step of the way there is there are so many challenges even you know when it was with class half full really even knowing that it's the right thing to be doing was uh, you know took so much of um sort of self belief and belief in the idea um and then making other people believe in your idea and just be as passionate about it as you are is i think the testimony to um what is a great idea and when i sort of look at um the glass half full movement today i see it living a life of its own i see uh people um adopting it in places and in ways that i never imagined till today i get calls from people saying um you know we just did this with our community we got mm-hmm. them to adopt the glass half full movement and and you know everyone's had such a positive response to it so so i think so that is the beginning of a powerful change making idea that you know the world owns that everyone owns and it took me a while to understand that because we live in a world where you know everyone talks about ips and and you know how <laughs> everything uh, should belong to you if you have created it and things like that but in the change making world a real powerful solution belongs to everyone and when everyone is able to make it their own that is a testimony to a great solution and so every time i approach a change making problem today that is the perspective that you know i sort of try to look at it with um a couple of um years ago i had done this very interesting movement in partnership with ashoka called lead young at schools where mm-hmm. we partnered with um a, a lot of schools across the country to help bring the idea that you know um anyone can be a change maker and everyone needs to be a change maker every young person um not only because um it would help you develop phenomenal skills as you grow up but also because it is so important for the planet and for all of us to speak up for what matters to us um and so i think uh, it's it's uh, it's sort of also realizing that that idea which was just very simple about telling stories of other young change makers to young people by young people for young people and and how it sort of created a ripple effect of its of its own um to me was 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 very interesting to watch uh, because reaching out to one school was so hard and convincing them to start this in their you know schools and getting them uh, you know the first few sessions i used to go and take to mm-hmm. the point where people started coming to me schools started coming to me and saying can you share these stories to with us we want to you know sort of have them um, shared with our students and so so it it you know every every i think problem that you try to solve in every challenge requires you to give it your all when you start you know um it requires you to believe so that you can make believe um and and so every time that you believe so hard in an idea or in a concept and obviously you're going to realize where you're going wrong with it where you're going right with it because the po- at the points where you fail you'll know that the reason i failed now is because there is a better way to do this sure. that's that sort of how i like to see uh failures and and that's you know um that's that that sort of 
when it comes to this whole idea of water footprint, I think as a team, we're still growing with the idea. We're still learning about it. Um, and, and some of the challenges that I definitely see is, you know, when it comes to uh, consumerism, it's not just getting people to change their mindset, but it's also fighting um, some of the most valuable um, industries that are building powerful products out there. Um, and, and more than anything, realizing that is there a way for us to get them to produce these sustainably? Um, because, of course, it's not just um, important to save water but it's also uh but you know if we stop using those goods then we're we're you know disturbing the economy there's so many employees their lives it's a whole chain and and sort of wrapping your head around it itself um takes you know um a lot uh, it takes a while and it takes a lot of um understanding and so with with you know this i think we're discovering on the way as we go um from people from communities the way they are sort of responding to it. Um, and it is very, very interesting to see um, how people are um, observing the problem and uh, sort of grasping it. Um, I'm going to ask you to remind me what the other question is. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, this, this is all wonderful, uh, Gargita. I mean, more, more particularly, I wanted to know where does this go from here, as in uh, your, your own mission itself. You are 21. Uh, how how do you think you will stay with this cause? Uh, and how will you make this a sustainable uh, effort, which is not just about you, but goes beyond you in that sense? Right. I think, um, you know, uh, obviously the idea of it going beyond was with building ideas that, you know, are growing themselves and, and are able to um, impact communities themselves. Um which I talked about, you know, both the glass half full and the lead young schools. But, but you know, when I talk, when I think about water and what I want to do with it, the moment I stepped out of, you know, um, these simple ideas and and really went like put my foot into understanding um, water resilience in community at the community level, at the urban level, at the rural level, at the environment level, it is so 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 um, you know in depth. And um, it is it is very also interestingly interconnected, um, not only to the water crisis per se, but to the various environmental and social issues that exist in our society. And so that's when my perspective, um, you know, took me to realizing how intersectionality is a part of all of you know, these problems that we're seeing today from climate action to um, the greater uh, resilience of building a more uh, just and equitable society. Um, so so when, I, when, I, when I see myself moving forward at the very, very, if I have to talk about myself in this current moment, yes. I think it has, it has been all about giving myself time to learn more about the problems uh, bec- before, you know, jumping into what the next big solution is going to look like. I think it's been about understanding how these various issues are interconnected and, and how sort of they, they can play into each other, how how businesses and economics is related to the environment. And I really like to believe that the environment is the economy 
um, today everything that the economy stands for has come from everything that the environment has given it. Um, and yet, uh, we yet now the environment is in jeopardy because economy has to flourish. And so it is. It is an. It's a very very interesting challenge that that I'm I'm sort of excited to learn more about and also solve. Um, all about understanding more on how we can bring these worlds together how can we coexist how can we make um you know uh, the environment and economy sorry the ecology and economy um really work and grow together in tandem um is is sort of what i see as uh, as as something that i want to challenge myself with next well we're very well said gavita i mean environment is the economy and and what you said makes so much of sense and and you are also right uh, it, it it's clear that you you've scoped out the problem uh, you have been experimenting with a bunch of uh, paths uh, you know towards uh, you know getting to a so called solution or you know whatever impact uh, you can drive and uh, yeah i i clearly believe the best is yet to come i mean having uh, been through this over 5 6 years it looks like you have a lot of learnings and you also articulate the problem so well uh, god speed i mean this is so heartening uh, to have this conversation davita uh, it was good fun and uh, i'm going to be uh, really keeping a tab on how you go from here and 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 all my you know best wishes to you thank you it was great having this conversation Thank you. Uh thanks so much uh, Pankaj for having me. It was it was really great to share my thoughts and and to sort of hear your feedback. Thank you for challenging me with all of those questions. Um I always like that and um yeah, thanks for you know having me here and can't wait to hear about all of the young change makers that young um entrepreneurs change makers that you've been interviewing as well.